Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing up, up, with trap beats playing in a, with trap beats playing in a, with trap beats playing in a, oh, Chile. I like that. That's the, the Lord gave that one to me. It's Sunday, y'all, so feeling okay. inspired. Period. Filled with the Holy Ghost and sadness. <laughs> kidding um well i guess we'll just jump right in this week a happy belated juneteenth um when this comes out what'd you do nothing oh yeah (laughs) i spent a lot of money buying furniture and stuff yeah i slept most of the day so (laughs) because you know what our ancestors wanted rest, and that's what I did. So. Period. I was telling um, my cousin Monica that one year I'm going to be real prepared. Like, one year. Because I already don't do this for Fourth of July. That has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But, like, one year I'm going to be real prepared. I was almost there. I went to candle making with my friend. Oh, Nikki. She was on the show. I went to candle making with Nikki. And then I, I don't know why I'd be so ambitious. and <laughs> Because I, I wanted to buy a grill. Candle make it end at six thirty. I'll I'll tell Monica, okay, boom. I'm I'm gonna do this at six thirty. I'm gonna buy a grill and then we're gonna make burgers in the backyard. I didn't get back from sh- Chicago till like eight o'clock. I was like, Monica, next year, all right? Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Not next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, news this week. Just two quick things. Well, one of them might be not be quick. But first of all, if you guys have not heard by now, um. I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but a friend of the show, Titus Underwood, has made a film, a short film called A Tale of Two Tales, um, kind of about the dichotomy between uh, being a black man and a classical musician, obviously something that we talk adjacent to, except for we're not black men, but black people in classical music on this show. So um, I'm going to link the link i guess link the link where y'all can uh, watch it it's great i watched it uh yesterday when it came out so it came out on juneteenth um and yeah shout out to titus because he did that and shout out to his team that uh that helped him out with that it features music by black composers features titus um doing some spoken word playing the oboe being popping etc being titus right exactly so congrats to him for putting that together and i hope you guys all give it a a watch and then i just want to give this a shout out real quick because friend of the show former black excellence former guest of the show friend adam sadbury is Ah! amongst actually they are amongst him the winners right, of the the concert artist guild um so if y'all don't know about the concert artist guild it's um basically some support for popping artists like adam um support for like their performances and like all kinds of just fabulous things that i could never even fathom and i mean i think they you know they as a formality had to like do the whole process of like letting other people apply and like yeah, it was certainly you know, a formality absolutely like, because i mean what are we doing this adam like right he is the artist they should change it to concert artist singular guild because he is the artist period 
Who else? And I know Adam doesn't like us being like this. I told him that I have no intention of stopping. Um, <laughs> I, I got lunch with him like the a couple of days before it was announced. And I was like, so you really going to play like we already don't know the results? And he's like, Katie, please. <laughs> and, and who was right? And, and I'm like, Adam. <laughs> and ask, like, he, he want to say all that, but who was right? I'm like, why don't, why don't you, the minute you stop pretending and walking your truth, this will be so much easier. I could gas you up. And I could see how that's awkward. But, you know, I'm just trying to do the work of the people. Like, um, a few of the things that Adam will be receiving as um, one of the artists in the Concert Artists Guild is, like, they get um, domestic and international performance tours, which, listen, I'll Man, be there. Be sold out. <laughs> period um they get participation in a leadership institute they get educational and outreach opportunities professional development workshop mentorship with um staff and alumni of the concert artist guild networking opportunities a bunch of stuff a bunch of stuff a lot of um uh, stuff basically to shape their careers into you know things that will make them flourish or for years to come i mean we already knew that about them we already knew that was happening but um it's nice to, you know, have somebody foot in the bill. <laughs> because, yeah. And that's my news this week. Well, shout out to Adam and his fluting. Uh, period. period. All right. So it's time for the intermission. Um, this week we're doing a little bit of a different episode. I feel really good about this episode, Loki. I was thinking about it because I'm like, this this brings me back to like how we used to do episodes, like thoroughly researched, not just vibes. It don't be vibes, it be vibes with notes, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so Delaney and I just as a, as a preview, Delaney and I both picked a black music genre and then connected it back to classical music in some way. Um, I don't know what Delaney picked, but I guess I'm gonna find out right now because in exploring the genre for the intermission, I asked her to. Um, pick three songs from that genre to share and then of course we can link them as well um so i picked i picked soca so i picked uh three soca songs and delaney picked three things that she's gonna say because i'm asking her to go first um and yeah so what genre do you pick and what's the first thing you're gonna play i just like how we said uh black music genre so basically any genre of music <laughs> i mean you want to talk about it literally except i don't know Hungarian pan fiddling, maybe right. that. Now we, now we, <laughs> now in a couple of years, they done uncovered the very first uh, Hungarian pan fiddler who had immigrated there from Africa and, Lit- and right and started the whole thing. So, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, this is also you know in uh, honor of Black Music Month, which is mm-hmm. this month, and also just like this is our classical music. So, mm-hmm. period. Oh, so I picked funk as my genre. Um and yeah, the first um I, I tried to for these uh ones to try to pick something pick some music that um showcase other parts of the genre because mm-hmm. it's also like so hard because you know, even within I have my whole thing about genre and I'm not gonna go on about that, but even within a genre there's just so much variety mm-hmm. that it's just like dang and like funk is one of those that, that really it really is like that so um because of the experiment that we're doing in the topic of the episode connecting it to classical music um i was kind of limited in you know 
the the through line that I wanted to make. So I'm trying to um, do some other some other types of funk. So the first uh, piece that I'm gonna play is by Stevie Wonder um, from his album Inner Visions, Higher Ground. Most of y'all have probably heard Higher Ground, but it really has that that funk bass line. <laughs> You want to um, yeah, alternate? Yeah. Okay, so I picked Soka. I don't know why Soka came to mind. Um, I don't listen to a lot of Soka music. I have a couple on my my general playlist. But, um, yeah, Soka's from Trinidad. So, you know, I don't really, it's not really what I grew up listening to. Um, I thought it would be cool. Um, so, I, a lot of these artists, I, I, a lot of these artists I do not know. So, this is called uh, Your Bad No Stressing by Preeti. So, here we go. Listen, I could not, I literally could not talk about funk without talking about um, George Clinton or Parliament Funkadelic. So I have, um, and for those of you that don't know, like Parliament Funkadelic is a funk collective, but also Parliament and Funkadelic are their own things respectively, their own um, their own bands respect, respectively. Um, and George Clinton kind of described it at, by the way, he was the, the keynote at the S- ethnomusicology conference in 2017 i think or 2018 mm. could have been 2019 one of those years and um and i was like wow i'm really pissed that i missed that but anyway he um kind of described parliament as like kind of the the rock inspired funk not necessarily rock but like i don't know how to explain it it's not as like not as like out there as funkadelic is because that's more like psychedelic funk and like mm-hmm. just weird sounds and like all that kind of stuff but parliament also has that influence um too so the i'm playing one of parliament's most famous songs that pretty much everyone has ever heard before is um flashlight um and i'm gonna kind of drop it in the middle um and I forget why I did this, but I'll remember after I hear it, like why I chose this time, this timestamp. Mm. And also, if you just have not heard uh, the flashlight, the f- freaking baseline is insane. That might be why I picked it here. But yeah.
it was a synthesizer that's why i picked that (laughs) it was a a synthesizer and um also yeah like i kind of remembered that parliament is more of like like i said the rock and the disco kind of of parliament funkadelic and funkadelic is more the like psychedelic afrofuturism kind of Mm. part but yeah Okay, so my next song is called Splash by Patrice, Patricia, Patricia, Patrice Roberts, Nessa, Preppy, Travis Wood, a whole bunch of people. Um, this one stood out to me because it sounded fun. And then also, um, I feel like, well, I can't speak to Soka too much because I just don't know a lot about it, but I know like men dominate the reggae genre. So I really like gravitate towards like Spice, who is a female reggae artist. Um, so I was looking for, you know, a woman to, to play today. And I really like this song. It's called Splash. Yeah, it reminds me of Spice a little bit, like a little bit, a little, little bit, but I really enjoy Spice, so I was like, period. Come on, Patrice. Period. Okay, so my last uh, piece is um, called Do I Diddy, which is by Zap, um, which is another funk group, and they also have, like, a lot of that, like, futuristic sound, and so a lot, a lot, a lot of synthesizer in, in this, and this is just one of those... I just I just really love this song. But yeah. <laughs> Period. That one just felt good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that one felt good. I like that one. Okay, my last one is called Ticket Tacket. Oh my God. I love the Caribbean. This this one is a lot of fun. Um, It's by someone named Bobo, of course. (laughs) Uh, We're all the same people, just different places. Okay, Ticket Tacket by Bobo. Somebody say him not there. Yo, crumb. Where the girl ever know to tick tock? Every girl just tick. Every girl just tick. Every girl just tick, 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 tick. Every girl just tick it and attack 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 it and go down, go down, go down. Every girl just tick it and attack 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 it and go down, go down, go down. It's reminded me of like, like you know, like stuff that you when you see them videos on online of like 
Caribbean parties, Jamaica parties where the men are like jumping off of something on mm-hmm. <laughs> And this reminded me of songs like Broke Off Your Back and like Wind Up Your Weas. Like just like songs like that just to like I, I mean you might play it in the car, but really like stuff you would just play like you're not gonna play like you will play like the electric side in the car, but you would play it at a party, you know, something that instructions or how to do something, you know what I mean? That type of thing. But yeah. Mm. We really picked both picked party music because Yeah. Like they were talking about how, how long songs were in the seventies because everybody was doing cocaine and stuff. Because like flashlight is almost eleven minutes long. Yo, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the songs were long. Mm-hmm. Very, very long because people were just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to them, you know, living free, doing the best they can. In America. That part. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Yep, so moving to the topic. So like Katie said, we're, um, you know, for Black Music Month, we're taking other genres of black music and connecting them to what we do here because it's really not that far removed. Mm-hmm. So basically we're going to do, we're um, going to tell you all a little bit about the genres that we picked um, so you kind of hear our thought process and then... Um, we have three musical examples to kind of take us from that, from like purely that genre to classical music. And so, you know, it's like three steps removed kind of thing um, to show y'all how literally how um, interrelated like the genres can be, especially in black music. That's a cute interpretation. <laughs> Come on, three steps removed. I like that. Yep. Period. <laughs> okay. You want to go first? Let me go first. Um, I can go first, I guess. All right, so like I said, I picked funk music. Um, so I'm just gonna give you a little bit of background. So funk music um originated in the mid 1960s. Um, and it's really it's this is why you know it's the Libra in me because I can't even like get like that's why I have this whole thing about the genre and how we like uh define it and whatever because like even within one like I was thinking about like how do I even define just funk music because there's so many sub genres and whatever the heck you know it's like spinoffs but um most people would describe it as a mixture of some of the most popular genres at the time so of soul and jazz and R&B um but with a really big emphasis on like the beat so it's very rhythmic usually Mm -hmm um because it's meant to be danceable so like that's the thing about funk music like I've considered like you know studying it and and you know all that kind of stuff but the problem is I just can't sit still like mm-hmm. and it, it's supposed to make you want to dance like that's what it's for mm-hmm. so it's really hard to like concentrate when it's on like there's literally in a funkadelic song he says I got ants in my pants and I need to dance like it's just it's just supposed to make you like not want to not want to sit down mm-hmm. so that's why it's super um rhythmic um and so while funk and disco um they kind of happen at the same time they overlap um disco is actually derivative of funk but um funk is usually slower in tempo than di- than uh than disco music is um and also of other popular popular genres at the time like uh things were a little bit more upbeat and so funk kind of brought um was a little bit slower but not necessarily you know slow but so about some of the instrumentation uh funk is very very bass forward um so like you heard in in higher ground like it's a lot of a lot of bass 
um and also a lot of repetition and continuous bass lines i was like okay basso continuo (laughs) 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 like period um but yeah you'll hear like a pretty consistent and prominent bass line in a lot of funk music um and yeah it also features some other like techniques when it comes to bass a lot of uh, slap bass um a lot of wah pedal which is what you heard um in the in higher ground too and probably in a couple of other ones where it's like it doesn't just sound like an electric bass it sounds like wah 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 mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so wah pedal and a lot of other like electronic effects such as a synthesizer um and also you heard in in the last one i played uh do i diddy their voices were like electronic voices um so they use a lot of like ele- uh, electronic effects um in both the instruments and in the vocals sometimes too um other instruments like i said synthesizer uh drums electric guitar keep uh keyboard instruments all that kind of stuff um it also some funk music features horn sections which you'll hear in some of the stuff i'm gonna play um after this um so that would be saxophones trumpets and trombones mainly um and then the vocal style of funk is very much uh like uh derived from other popular black genres at the time that it was uh established in the mid-60s so gospel soul you'll hear a lot of like the growling and the you know this kind of stuff that you just hear in soulful music um and the last thing i'll say about it is like i said before it has many 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 subgenres. um so i mentioned p-funk which is psychedelic funk um that really if you even just look up parliament funkadelic they are literally the picture of afrofuturism and they've kind of they really kind of um pushed that image forward um at the height of their popularity um so p-funk is one g-funk which is a which is gangster rap and funk um dr dre kind of was really known for for uh g-funk um and like i said disco and it's just like yeah there's just a million things that um it's influenced actually george clinton is one of the most sampled artists of all time so um yeah so for my little um you know three steps removed thing i'm actually focusing on one kind of group or like you know part a section of funk which is um a little bit more instrumental than um the stuff that i played before um so i'm mostly focusing on barry white and his love unlimited orchestra because he actually had an orchestra that you know um did his music with him so it was like a full orchestra but it also featured a lot of the instruments i talked about that are used in funk so the electric guitar electric bass and and all that kind of stuff um and yeah, so I'm going to play three pieces by them that kind of have varying degrees. So the first one is a little bit more forward with the instruments that are used in funk more widely. Um, and this is called uh, Satin Soul. This is just the Love Unlimited Orchestra, but it's called Satin Soul and it's from their uh, album White Gold. Very 70s. 
love that for us um yeah but that's just kind of like um that's the orchestra with um yeah just kind of utilizing some of the auxiliary instruments i guess that you would call if it was just you know a regular orchestra or a symphony orchestra but um the next one i'm gonna play is called i want to boogie and woogie with you um this is also uh, the Love Unlimited Orchestra, and I'm not sure, like, I've been trying to find out more about this orchestra, because, like, I've seen, I've seen, like, videos of them play, but, like, on this particular album called Let Them Dance, the, it's an all-female orchestra on this, and many of them are black women, um, so I'm, like, I want to find, you know, to be able to find, like, who these people were, because some of them are black women in this orchestra, um, yeah, so that would be cool. So if y'all know anything about the Love Unlimited Orchestra, like, let me know. Um, so this one is kind of, um, I think it's more like horn heavy. Um, so it's kind of using some of the instruments that, that we would in uh, the orchestra. So it's kind of it's kind of more in the middle, I would say. So yeah, that's I want to boogie and woogie with you, and I was just like boogie woogie with literally no one, but thanks. Okay. Um, NT way. Um, yeah. So a lot more like um instrumental or orchestral forward. So the last one I'm gonna play, I'm not gonna do too much about because I've played this on the show before. Um, and this is um. Also, the Love Unlimited Orchestra with Barry White. Um, there's a video of him actually conducting this. Um, and it's called Love's Theme. So I've played this on the show before, so y'all will y'all will recognize it. Um, and it's actually one of the one of the very, very few completely instrumental p- uh, pieces to hit the Billboard um, top, I believe, 100. Um, but yeah. So listen, y'all have y'all, I want. I'm trying to find the other ones, what the other pieces were, because it's like y'all want to do whatever y'all want to exclude black music but we brought orchestra to the billboard top 100 listen and they'll never give us credit for it like (laughs) period like who among us so and also the the open to this piece should be an excerpt but y'all hear that from me
<laughs> no way, I would not be taking that audition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh. taking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you said reminded me of. Uh, so you know that song Meg dropped uh, last week. I forgot what it's called. It's like that something. That something, yeah. Uh, so you know how like there's also black creator on TikTok that makes a dance for it, and then it goes it goes viral, and then Jimmy Fallon invites the white person. I was just about to say. <laughs> so, black creators have been like, do not make a song, do not make a dance to this, and that's held up for the most part. I mean, because TikTok is so vast and so separated, like there's no way that every black person can be on the same page about that, right? So, right. eventually. There's a couple going around, but they are they are very intricate. Like, so um, so they were like, let the let the white creators figure it out, right? And the one dude was like, I I'm what he say? I'm like I'm pressuring my black people to not make a song, do not make a dance to this. Like he said, sorry, I can't get my words out. I'm very tired, but uh. He said, melanated, rhythmic, gifted people do not make a dance. He's like, scroll through the sound. Because on TikTok, you can scroll through the sound and see who's used the sound to make a thing. I'm going to send it to you. And you have to look and see what's going on. Like, it is a mess. They could have come up with nothing. And it just goes to show that, like, and then uh, some of the white creators are like, you guys are being so hateful towards us. Like, we, you guys are bullying us. Like, we, we're not. By not making a dance? Like, because, okay, because some black people are in the comments like, this is what y'all came up with. Um, <laughs> oh, so they were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> little bully, willy. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's right. Um, okay, but uh, it, but it's like you know, it's, if if there was a dance for it, y'all would take it and then be like, oh my god, it's just a dance. And then, but you guys are the ones who have to go on Ellen, you know. So it's like the credit is never there, but no one wants to. It's not. Like everybody don't want to make anything about color and whatever stuff. It's like we literally wouldn't have any, a lot of things without black people. Like a lot of the times we push the culture forward. A lot of the times we do that, and that's not doesn't take anything away from you to 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 recognize that because a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things comes down to, comes down to recognition. Like y'all don't even want to say it out your mouth that mm-hmm. and, and pay people that have come up with who have come up with this stuff. But anyway. I'll probably, I'm gonna get to that in a second, but anyway, um, I chose Soka. I was really out of my comfort zone because Trinidad is nothing like Jamaica except proximity. Um, so I was in the best I can. So I chose Soka, which is a genre that originated in Trinidad. Um, it is a genre defined that was defined by this uh, I was gonna say something else, by this artist named Lord Shorty, um, and he it Soka is short for the soul of Calypso. Like if you take like the first two letters of calypso mm. yeah um and it's heavy with african and east indian rhythms i don't know too much about Trinidad. i do want to read more about the country in general but you can even see like through their music and through their food and stuff but like, they were heavily influenced by india and i want to figure out why like they straight up be eating like they have like chutney and stuff you know what i'm saying like they straight oh, up wow. be eating yeah like um variations of naan like their doubles is like a naan recipe like the the bread looks similar to naan and it's like yeah everybody in the caribbean has like some type of curry but trinidad look like they are like they be eating you know what i'm saying so i want to figure out why that is um sucker's development as a musical genre included fusion with calypso chutney uh reggae zouk latin um and other traditional west african rhythms shorty uh was the first to define his music as soca um 
with his song called Endless Vibrations, it caused like musical waves. Um, it just caused a lot of excitement um, in Trinidad and Tobago, of course, but also uh, cities like New York, Toronto, and London. Um, it's defined by its loud, fast, percussive beats. Um, instrument instrumentation includes synthesized drums and horns, electric bass guitars, cowbells, and break drums. What's a break drum? With that big old thing with the know. with the foot thing. Okay. Um, real horns might be used for live shows. So, um, soca has evolved over the years and has fostered the creation of other musical genres, including Afro Afro soca, chutney soca. So that's like soca mixed with like East Indian and influence with hindi lyrics i'm telling you this is deep mm. i want to find that out and raga soca which is a uh, fusion with jamaican dance hall music okay so this is a maybe okay oh i was gonna say you remember i don't know the geography of, of the caribbean or, or or um over there but remember they were saying a lot of indian people had immigrated to guyana maybe oh, also to trinidad maybe also yeah i'm gonna look that up yeah maybe it's deep like uh, it's like a lot from mm -hmm. what I've noticed. Um, I'm going to play a song by Skinny Fabulous, which is a song I already had. So I need to be. I mean, same. <laughs> so I ain't going to argue with you. The pandemic, the way I be looking. <laughs> anyway, um, we move. Um, he's a soca artist. I already had the song on my playlist. It's actually on my Jamaican music playlist, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But you know how Spotify continues to play stuff that's similar to your stuff after your music runs out? Oh, my bad. Mm -hmm. Spotify continues mm -hmm. to play music for, <laughs> for you based on your playlist. When your playlist runs out, it will continue to play stuff that's associated with oh, it. Like Pandora. So this song came up on my stuff last year, and I was like, I really like this. Anyway, so I'm going to play. It's called Famile by Skinny Fabulous. And you'll see what um, I was talking about with the fast rhythms and percussive beats and stuff like that. I really really like the song i play it at least once a week um and you know my cousin nadia who was on our what was that thing called that sounds like put me on put me on it was a lifetime ago um yeah. she said she doesn't like soca music and i'm like really i mean i can see if it's, it's a lot of party music so i can see like if there's i don't know but i was like it's lit okay okay so my first re removal whatever i'm struggling today uh from soca to calypso because calypso is the parent genre of soca so calypso does have a folk song primarily from trinidad um even though it's sung elsewhere in the caribbean the subject of calypso of a calypso text is usually is witty satiric oh my god it's like satire um <laughs> and is a local and topical event of political and social importance um there's a tone of illusion mockery and a double entendre <laughs> um it's all right <laughs> It's, it's characterized I said that to Nikki yesterday. She's like I've never heard nobody choke on a word um, It's characterized by highly rhythmic And harmonic vocals And is most often sung in French Creole Led by a griot Calypso evolved um, in a way of spreading news Around Trinidad um, So if something was 
amiss with like journalists, politicians, whatever, they would use this song because of the use of double entendre to to like spread news without like people white people finding out. Um Calypsonians push the boundaries of free speech as their lyrics spread news of any topic relevant to island life, including speaking out against political corruption. Eventually, the colonial government in Trinidad began to censor the genre, and the police were um, ordered to scan these songs for damaging content. Even so, it gave me rap vibes a little bit. Um, and how they treat uh, hip hop artists and stuff like that. Um, even with the censorship, uh, Calypso's continue to push the boundaries in a variety of ways to slip songs past the scrutiny eyes of the editor. So this song called Rum and Coca-Cola in 1944 by Lord Lavender, <laughs> Lord Invader, um, uh, is a good example of this. And What's hilarious? Okay, I'm gonna get to why it's hilarious. So I'm just gonna play it first. So this is the original version. I want you to remember what that sound like to the best of your ability because this song directly criticizes American the American presence in Trinidad back in that time. Um, that song might sound familiar to some people because it was made popular slash colonized by the Andrews Sisters, an American um, sister trio. And it's hilarious because not you popularizing a song that's literally criticizing y'all. Y'all just do. Okay. It's giving TikTok, it's giving Renegade, it's giving y'all not having a dance for this Megan Stallion song. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is Rum and Coca-Cola by the Andrew Sisters, and I want you to hear how different it sounds. I mean, it sounds American to be honest. Like music from mm-hmm. that time with like stuff in the background, but um, yeah. Okay. Um. So that irritated me. Okay. So from there, I decided to take it to Steel Pan, which is um. Since we were already in Trinidad, why not go to Steel Pan? Steel Pans originated in Trinidad and were created by enslaved people in response to African percussion being banned. The way you guys will just not see heaven. You ban the instrument. You already enslaved them. Okay. Like the the I took it I I took that part out to not make it so long, but basically there was some type of like uprising because I too would uprise, um, and because they um uh, enslaved people were not allowed to participate in carnival, so they made their own carnival, and there was like an uprising or something, and then I'm just, I'm just really bad brief history, but basically there's an uprising, and so they banned. They banned the use of percussive instruments. So they came up with something else. 
Um, and then the, those are banned as well. Steel pants were banned as, after that. So they uh, reappeared in the early 1900s, I think around the 1930s, and are a large part of Trinidad's music scene. Uh, the London All-Stars Orchestra is an authentic, multi-award-winning steel band founded by Mr. Frank Rolick, who I'll get to in the Black Excellence, in 1974. Um, and so I'm going to play this piece that they did called Pan Night and Day. It's very long, so you know, obviously I'm just going to play a little bit, but it's a very long piece. <laughs> to try steel pan it looks hard because a lot of them mm-hmm. i think I, if i remember correctly it's set up like in the circle of fists but there's so many of them like little indentions are they dense i don't know yeah but uh yeah period that's mine this was fun all right then period we do this again next week y'all pick a different genre doing the same thing so hang mm-hmm. tight all right Moving on. Excited. Yeah, we might need to coordinate next week's because now we now we can show up here with the same one. You think so? I mean, maybe not, but like, there's a chance. The reason why I didn't uh like want to know yours before time is because because we talk about rap and gospel on this show so much. Yeah, that's why I was like, there's no way we're gonna pick the same thing. Yeah, that's why I was like, that's why I I didn't feel the need to. I was like, she's not gonna pick funk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I'm, I, if Donny picks soca, <laughs> so yeah, we can coordinate just in case because I already have one in mind for next week. If you uh, think it's something I might do, then yeah, because I don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah, I might, if I change my mind off this, I, I'm pretty sure you won't do this one. But I also I don't live in your head, so um. Yep. <laughs> um yeah, I was certain because, like, obviously, I mean, you, you could pick whatever you want, but I mean, if one of us rolled up here picking gospel, the girls would have been like, "So, right, a whole episodes dedicated to this, y'all." Yep. <laughs> yep. And what about it? Praise him. <laughs> and if we do one more rap episode on rap, that one dude that commented on our photo might, uh, his brain might. Oh gosh, what are you doing? Y'all just so pathetic, bro. <laughs> I was like, this is so anti-black. I feel bad for you. Yeah. Like, deeply. But anyway. Alright, moving on. Yep. Period. So it's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everybody at the top. This week, I'm talking about Mr. Frank Rollick. Um, He is the founder of the London All-Star Steel Orchestra. And Mr. Rollick has made countless contributions to the advancements of steel band movement in the UK, including organizing Brixton's first carnival, introducing Pan to schools, and co-founding the first inner London education society, ELA, I'm explaining, I-L-E-A, Steel Orchestra, the London Brotherhood of Steel, the Steel Band Association of Great Britain, and the British Association of Steel, just to name a few. 
period. Uh, London All Stars have been invited to share the sweet melody of Steel Pen and their musical talent all over the world, performing in countries such as New Zealand, uh, Germany, Holland, Malta, France, Hong Kong, Qatar, Italy, Israel, and many more. The London All Stars enjoys a solid reputation as one of Britain's best steel band under the Franks under Frank's directorship. They have also won a multitude of awards and are proud to be known as the undefeated Jovert champions, winning the annual steel pan competitions eight times since 2004, period. All right, well, shout out to you, Mr. Rollick, and all you do, period. Yeah. All right, uh, my piece this week, kind of random. I don't know why I started listening to this. I think I was thinking about... I think you had asked me a while ago, is there like, like what are some like standard pieces for bass that's like everybody has played these pieces? And I was like, I or don't know if there's them. common yeah. ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, or knows them. I have not played nobody's Hindemith. So I haven't played a Hindemith so. Yeah. But like, and I feel like even a piece that were like everybody has played, it might be like a little like earlier than that. Cause Hindemith, you know, that's like, you know. Hindemith's like, right? Yeah, but also I feel like I mean earlier like people who earlier in their careers. Oh, I see you know, what you're like, saying. I see yeah. Saying. Okay, okay. Like, but one of those pieces um, is the for us is the Echo Sonata, which I've never played, um, and that's something that you would probably play like in high school. Oh. I would say most people have played it by the time they go to college. But there are some people that like a person that played it in my studio. But you know, people were kind of like, oh, Echoes. Like it was kind of like a joke, which I don't get that. Y'all so ugh. that's how but they were. Do. They were serious about that. People be at different paths. That's so like, weird. Yeah. Were they a freshman? I think it just has that. No. But it just has that. And also, like, you could play, like, how Mr. Taylor has y'all do Tickle Tickle Little Star completely in tune. Like, and mind you, he, he does that every year since he's been at Eastman, and not one person has one of $20. Exactly. So, like, whatever. And, like, that's how they do with Dragon Eddie, too, because they're like, it's just a scale. And I'm like, since when were scales not hard? What and also like I don't know I think we should break that stigma I mean I don't know how we're gonna do that but like pieces be like it's still a piece I feel like because we were students so long for from the majority for not the majority but so long in classical music before we get that first job or whatever it's like people play these pieces like these are meant to be like just because you playing like the book romance like Nabucco is it Nabucco Mai yep Nabucco Mai has a recording of the, the book romance because it's music. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a kid's piece. Yeah. So my piece this week is Echoes uh Sonata. You have um, Echo? Um, like E K E L Echoes E C C L E S Echoes. Oh, almost to that. Yeah. Um yeah. And I've never played it before, but it's cool. So Would yeah, you play it like for fun? Hmm? Would you play for fun? I would. There's some pieces I want to go back and get that I never played because you just never had a chance. You kind of just be on your mm-hmm. little path. I mean, but I have to like. Let me not let me stop. I'm not gonna say that. But uh, <laughs> let me get to where I'm going first. And then we can talk about fun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Echoes. I'm gonna. Per well, thanks for hanging out with us, y'all. Thanks for much listening. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like, comment. Whoa, wrong thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to that Classic Black. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Classic Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. If you're black, join ISBM. It's free. 
to black people and only for black people. But if you want to donate, you're not IS Black Musicians. Join at isblackmusicians.com. Follow us at isblackmusicians. That was chaotic, but we move. Thank you for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.